بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد نسلی علیہ رسول الکریم اما بات الحمد للہ جنائٹ از دا سکس آف فیبروری ان دا ایئر ٹو تھاؤزنڈ اینڈ ٹوینٹی of the eminent company, Sayyidina Amr ibn al-As radiyallahu. And I spent the session last night mentioning the ill-fated father of this noble companion, Ayy al-As ibn Iwail. And the last thing I mentioned was he went with a few of the other elders of the Quraysh and tried to negotiate with regards to shirk. And Allah the Almighty reveals Surah Qafirun. So just to make a correction, yesterday I mentioned the hadith. But the hadith, the Prophet when he saw the companion reciting Surah Qafirun in the first rakat, he said, this is a servant who believes in his Lord. So I said yesterday, protect. He's protected, but that's not correct. The Prophet said, this is a servant who believes in his Lord. And when he recited Surah Ikhlas in the second uh, rakat, he said, this is a servant who knows his Lord. So note the difference. If you recite Surah Qafirun with understanding, you're a believer, the Prophet said. And if you recite Surah Ikhlas with understanding, you know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And also in Ibn Majah, the Prophet said, what a wonderful couple these surahs are. Meaning he loved to put them together. Indeed, the unbelieving Quraysh would often come with similar requests. In Tabarani, Ibn Abi Hatim, Ibn Jarir, in their respective tafsirs, and Ibn Kathir, and Shaykh Maududi, in his tafsir, volume 16, page 288-9 of the English translation, Sayyidina Abdullah Ibn Abbas, he said, The Quraysh proposed to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa we shall give you so much wealth that you will become the richest man of Makkah. We shall give you whichever woman you like in marriage. We are prepared to follow and obey you as our leader, but all on the condition that you do not speak ill of our gods. Plus, if you do not agree to even this, then we offer another proposal, which is to both yours and our advantage. So stop with the report. So now what are they doing? They're trying to entice the Prophet wasallam, And they said, all we want from you is that you don't speak ill of our gods. Okay, you don't need to worship them. Just don't speak ill of them. And we will make you our leader, we'll give you everything you wish. And then they said, and if you don't accept this, there's another option we can give you, another proposal. So the Prophet said, and what is the other proposal? They responded, that you should worship our gods, Lat and Uzza, for one year. Then we in turn will worship your God, subhanahu wa ta'ala, for the same space of time. He responded, Wait a while and let me see what my Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala commands in this regard. 
So what's up? The first option is don't speak ill of our gods. And if you can't even, you're not even prepared to do that, then accept the second proposal. Worship our gods, Lat and Uzza for a year, and then we'll worship your god for a year. So now the Prophet said, wait and let's see what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has to say. So this is important. The wisdom behind this is that if the subordinate sallallahu alayhi wasallam himself turns down the offer, the people would still continue to press for it. But if he sallallahu alayhi wasallam informs them that the highest authority subhanahu wa ta'ala has turned it down, they will then become reconciled to its rejection. Have you understood? So why did the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam say, wait until we see what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says? Because if he turned it down, they still would have thought but God hasn't turned it down. The report continues. Upon this, Allah the Almighty revealed Surah Al-Kafirun, Surah 109, and also the following verse. In Surah Az-Zumr, Surah 39, verse 64. Say to them, O oh, ignorant ones, do you bid me to worship other than Allah? <laughs> so what was the divine response? Surah Kafirun, which I mentioned yesterday. And then Allah, the Almighty and Glorious, tells His Beloved, He goes, tell them. And He says, O oh, jahilun, O oh, you ignorant ones, do you bid me to worship other than Allah? <laughs> so not only was it refused, there was a rebuke, stinging rebuke from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So note, they often came to the Prophet with these proposals. And again and again, Allah was telling them, no. The final offer from them was related by Abdullah ibn Abbas. What was their final offer? He said, they said, O Muhammad, if you simply kiss our gods, the idols, we shall worship your God. Just kiss it. Upon this, Allah the Almighty reveals Surah Al-Kafirun. <laughs> Surah the 109. This is recorded in Abd ibn Humayt and Shaykh Madudi Rahmatullah in his Tafsir, volume 16, page 289 of the English translation. So note how desperate they were. They wanted him to acknowledge their gods. You just kiss it. If you kiss the gods, he was very happy. Allah said, no. So now, what do we learn from this? We learn there can be absolutely no compromise in Tawheed. There's no, you know, elbow maneuvering in this. There's no room for maneuver. We can't compromise. So why do I say that? Because if you look at other commands, there is room for compromise. So for instance, some people from Ta'if came. And uh, the Prophet invited them to Islam. They spent a few days and eventually they said, we are ready to embrace Islam. But allow us to worship our God, whatever it was, for a period of time, for a year, I think they said. So the Prophet said, no. So then they got together. They goes, allow us to worship our God for a lesser period of time. 
the Prophet sallallahu said, no. Negotiations kept taking place. And then, they realized the Prophet wasn't going to allow them to worship their God. The Prophet said, you must go back and destroy that idol. So they started doing mashura again. And they said, can you send somebody else to destroy it? So the Prophet then accepted that, which I'll mention at the relevant time. So look how interesting. They wanted, you know, the last you know, wave of shirk before we become Muslims as they were Muslims, but they didn't realize this is not part of our deen. So there was no compromise. These same people then asked about Salah. Because we can't pray five prayers. So the Prophet said, how many prayers would you like to pray? So straight away, stopping the report, notice that apart from Tawheed, there's some room to maneuver. Even with Salah. Eventually they said, we'll pray two prayers. And then they said, we don't want to do jihad. And the Prophet said, fine, don't do jihad. Pray two prayers a day. When they left, the Prophet then explained, they will eventually pray the prayers and they will do jihad. So this is the gist of the report mentioned in all the famous books of Sira. So what does that tell you? That when it comes to Tawheed, no compromise. A person can't start saying, look, I just want to keep the cross on my neck. I want to become Muslim. No, you got to get rid of the cross. There's no compromise. But if he starts asking for other things, then there's some room for maneuver and it's fiqh on it as well, mashallah. So not again here. They tried it with the Prophet, imagine. And Allah was saying, no, no compromise. Another report, showing again the ill-fated father of Amr, radiallahu. So this is recorded in Hakim in his Mustadrak 2-429 stated Sahih to the criteria of Bukhari and Muslim. Ad-Dur al-Mantur 5-507 Ibn Abi Hatim, Ibn Jarir and Ibn Kathir in their respective tafsirs. Abdullah Ibn Abbas radiallahuma he said Al-As Ibn Wa'il he once took a bone from the bed of a valley and he crumbled it in his hand. He then said to Rasulullah sarcastically, Will Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bring this back to life after it is disintegrated? Rasulullah replied, Indeed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will also cause you to die. Then He will bring you back to life. Then He will send you to hell. So what happened? Stopping the report. So again, you know, this was one of the like Abu Jahl's great enemies of Islam. Unfortunately, it was Amr's father, al Asib in a while. And you get this like impression that he's just, you know, shadowing the Prophet, trying to undo the mission. So he's got a bone. I don't know what's going on there. Where's he got this bone from? He crumbles it. And you can imagine how he asked. He goes, will Allah bring this back to life? You know, they were like mockery. What sort of stupidity is this? What was the Prophet's response? Yes, that's coming back to life. He answered that. Then he said, you will be brought back to life after you die. Thirdly, you're going to hell. <coughs> that's it. His fate was sealed. Upon this, the following verses were revealed. Surah Yasin, Surah 36, verse 77 to the end. So Allah the Almighty revealed, 
أولم ير الإنسان أنا خلقناه من نطفة فإذا هو خصيم مبين Does man not see it is we who created him from a drop yet behold he stands forth as an open adversary he makes comparisons for us and forgets his own origin and creation he says may yuhyil izama wa hiya lamim who can give life to dry bones and decompose decompose ones at that say he will give them life who created them the first time for he is well versed in every kind of creation the same who produces for you fire out of the green tree when behold you kindle their wit is not he who created the heavens and the earth able to create the like thereof undoubtedly for he is the creator supreme of skill and knowledge verily when he intends a thing his command is be and it is so glory be to him in whose hands is the hidden dominion of all things and to him you will all be brought back subhanallah so all of these verses at the end of surah yasin were revealed about al-asib in a while so looking at it very briefly so what does allah the almighty and glorious first say man i created from a drop and look at him he becomes an adversary to me <laughs> if you think about that just make sure laugh every person who doesn't believe in god this verse applies to them. and at the last thing so think of people you know may allah guide them but hawking talking god knows how many they are right when they are dropped so latala sank you was a drop and then suddenly you become an open you know you challenging me so latala is reminding you of the reality then he says subhanahu wa ta'ala about al-as he makes comparisons for us he forgets his own creation and latala quotes him think about that Allah Ta'ala is actually quoting what he said. What did Allah say? مَنْ يُحْيِي الْعِذَامُ وَهِيَ رَمِيمُ Who can give life to dry bones and decompose ones at that? Allah Ta'ala has quoted him. And then Allah Ta'ala says, He will give them life who created them the first time. How is that for an answer? Where did that bone come from? Buddha nature. You know, that's the classic get out of jail card. Where did the bomb come from that you picked up? Ultimately, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then Allah ta'ala says, ah, the one who created the first time, he'll bring it back again. He is well versed in every kind of creation. Then he mentions, subhanahu wa ta'ala, the same who produces for you fire out of the green tree, when behold, you kindle their wit. Why does he mention that? Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because... Going back, there was no matches. How would people start fires? By rubbing two sticks. They still do it in some parts of the world. And if you've never seen that, it looks like witchcraft. <laughs> you see a guy you know, rubbing two sticks, but what the heck are you doing? Next minute you see some smoke and fire, then the guy that was up in there. <laughs> so Allah Ta'ala is saying, I gave you fire out of the green tree. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> 
Meaning, you don't even expect that. But I can do the unexpected. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Is not he who created the heavens and the earth not able to create you? <laughs> Think about that. You know, using their science. What is the universe convert, uh, compared to us? You ask them, Mr. Dawkins, what is this universe compared to me? Because you're nothing, you're insignificant. You're nothing but, you know, a dot. Okay, thank you. So the one who created the heavens and the earth, he can't create me again. Watch him squirm then. No, hang on a minute. You said that I'm insignificant. The one who did all that can't create me again. Allah is telling you what to say to them. Then he says, he is the supreme creator of skill and knowledge. And then what does he say? When he intends a thing, his command is kun fayakun. Kun. K and N. Or B in English. B and it is. The Prophet said in a hadith, before the, the calf joins the noon, it's in existence. So why did the Prophet say that? Because he doesn't need to say kun. That's just for you. Because you could think, well, he needs to say something before something happens. No, he doesn't. He just said that so that we get an understanding of what's happening. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, For subhanalladhi biyadihi malakootu kulli shay'in wa ilayhi turjaoon. So glorified and free from all imperfection is he in whose hands is the malakoot, is the hidden kingdom of all things. And to him you will all be brought back. Malakut. Now mulk. Mulk is the open kingdom. Malakut is the hidden. All of those verses were revealed in response to this ill-fated man. Thus, Al-As ibn Wa'il's fate was most firmly now sealed without a shadow of a doubt. He is now facing the reality of what he mocked. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala preserve and protect us. I mean, I think about this. Who was living through all this? Amr. He now knows his father's doomed. Whether he had Iman in his heart at the time, you could argue. But he's living through this. This hatred of Al-As also extended to anyone who professed their belief to the true faith. It wasn't just the Prophet So for instance, Sayyidina Khabab ibn al-Arat he relates I was a blacksmith during the Jahiliyyah and Al-As ibn Wa'il owed me some money for some work I had done for him thus I went to him to demand it As ibn Wa'il looked at me and said Lan ak diyaka I will not pay you until you disbelieve in Muhammad. So stop in the report. So Khabab ibn al-Arat was one of the earliest companions. And he earned a living by as a blacksmith using metal in the furnace. So this ill-fated man, look what he's doing. He Plan this because I'm gonna get work done from him, and when he asks for money, I'm gonna use his religion against him. So he did some work for him. So obviously, time to pay up. So when Khabab asked him, look what he said to him: 
I'm not going to pay you until you disbelieve in the Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So Khabab responded, "Radhi Allah, inni lan akfura bi Muhammadin sallallahu alaihi wasallam hatta tamuta thumma tubath." Verily, I will never disbelieve in Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam until you are taken in death and then you resurrect. So Khabab got angry. He goes, "No way on earth I'm going to disbelieve." He goes, "And you're going to find out." On the day of resurrection, mm-hmm. Al As mockingly responded, "Wa inni lamabuuthan min baadil maut, fasofa akdiyaka ida lajato ila malin wa walad." Will I really be resurrected after I die? Even if that is true, I will only repay you after I am resurrected. If I get wealth and I get children. So what did he say? He goes, "Oh, so I'm going to get resurrected." Because even if that's true, meaning I don't believe it, I will still be in a better position than you. I'll pay you then. Upon this, it was revealed to Rasulullah the following verses: Surah Maryam, radiyallahu, Surah 19, verse 77 to 80. أَفَرَأَيْتَ الَّذِي كَفَرَ بِآيَاتِنَا وَقَالَ لَأُوتِيَنَّ مَالًا وَوَلَدًا Have you seen him who disbelieved in our signs and said mockingly, I shall certainly be given wealth and children, I when I resurrect. أَطَّلَعَ الْغَيْبَ أَمِتَّخَذَ عِنْدَ الرَّحْمَانِ أَحْدًا Has he knowledge of the unseen, or has he taken a promise from the supremely merciful? Allah, sanaktubu maya maya kulo na mudulahu min al azabi madda. Never, we shall record what he says, and we shall add and add to his punishment. Wanarithuhu maya kulo yaatina farda. To us shall he return all that he talks, and in truth he shall appear before us naked and all alone. The one. So let's look at this. So this is recorded in Sahih Bukhari in seven places. Number two thousand and ninety-one, two thousand two hundred and seventy-five, two thousand four hundred and twenty-five, four thousand seven hundred and thirty-two, four thousand seven hundred and thirty-three, four thousand seven hundred and forty-four, four thousand seven hundred and forty-five. Sahih Muslim in two places, number seven thousand and sixty-two, seven thousand and sixty-three. Ahmed in his Musnad, Ibn Saad in his Tabakat, Volume Four, Page One One Six. Al-Lu'lu wal-Marjan, number one thousand seven hundred and eighty-one. Al-Bidaya, Volume Three, Page Fifty Nine. Ayat al-Sahaba, Volume One, Page Four Nine Seven Two Eight of the New English Translation. So it's a flawless report recorded in Bukhari and Muslim. So now he's doing it again. He's mocked. So yet again, Allah Taala has quoted it. <laughs> Now think about that. If a person asks you this question, who does Allah Taala quote in the Quran? So your mindset, obviously, will go to a noble person. You think, well, whoever Allah Taala quoted, he must be honourable. He goes, yeah, undoubtedly. But has he quoted any uh, unbeliever? Quite frequently, using his own words against him. So you would think, oh, is it Firon? 
You say, I'll ask him in a while. <laughs> the guy looks at you, he goes, I don't know who's that, who's that? He goes, I'll ask him in a while. He goes, his son, Amr, radiyallahu. So what did he say? Allah quotes him. First he says, Have you seen him who disbelieved in our signs? And mockingly said, I shall certainly be given wealth and children when I resurrect. When did he say that? When Khabab said, you'll, when you resurrect, you will find out. And what did he say? I shall certainly be given wealth and children when I resurrect. Then I'll pay you. Allah Ta'ala quotes it. Then Allah Ta'ala says, has he got knowledge of the ghib? Or have I promised him that? He's talking about the day of judgment. Where has he got that knowledge from? Or has he got it from me? Then he says, Nay, we shall record what he says. And where did he record it? In the Quran. It's not like, you know, Malaik recorded it. Because we have recorded what he says. And we shall add and add to his punishment. This is interesting. What does it mean, add and add? According to Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, radiyallahu in Tabarani, the fire is the first punishment and the second is scorpions lacing into him. So when Allah Ta'ala says, we shall add and add to his punishment, the fire and scorpions. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then says, this is what's going to happen. I will tell you. He's going to return to me naked and all alone. And where is this? Surah Maryam. That's interesting. Why is Allah Ta'ala mentioning this in Surah Maryam? Subhanallah. Now let's turn to Khabab. Radiyallah. Such was the rank of Sayyidina Khabab ibn al-Arat. Radiyallah. That our loving Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed four holy verses that would be read for eternity in his defense. Imagine. How many people have read those verses? Who is Allah Ta'ala defending? Khabab, billions if not trillions, if you include the angels. So Allah is showing his status. Indeed, the arrogant chieftain, Al-Asi ibn Iwail's fate, was now further sealed due to his insolence towards this most noble and magnificent companion. A truly powerful lesson for those buffoons who look down upon any of the glorious companions of our beloved messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam especially those amongst as-sabiqun al-awwalun the foreigners of the earliest ones thus yes sayyidina khabab lost out on a few dinars or dirhams but subhanallah it was replaced with something truly priceless ai verses of the quran so look how beautiful khabab did lose out when people say when you become Muslim do you lose out you might lose on a few pennies brother <laughs> and then he goes well that's all it is <laughs> pennies is just you know the froth <laughs> but Allah Ta'ala never makes the believer lose out he always gives <laughs> Khabab was given something truly amazing by Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala and just to add this the oppression of Al-As upon him was immense why do I say that for Khabbab's poverty, radiyallahu, was such at the time that he had once said to those around him at the end of his life, During slavery, I was so poor. There was a time when I did not even have a decent rag to put on me 
to go and see Rasulullah. <laughs> this is in Abu Naim al Hilya, number 309. Imagine, he wanted to see the Prophet. He goes, I was too poor. I couldn't cover my aura. He said, I couldn't visit the Prophet because I didn't even have a sheet to, put to cover my aura. He was oppressed. Imagine. And in another report, this heavenly companion said that, Dear Allah, in the early era of Rasulullah, I did not even have a single dirham. In the early era of Rasulullah, I did not even have a single dirham. This is in Sayyid Bukhari, number 2246, Sayyid Muslim, number 2681, Tirmidhi, number 972, Hassan Sayyid, Ahmad in his Muslim, number 21,116. So he was the one who Al Asib in a while oppressed. He was a chieftain, loaded, as they say, and who's he oppressing? So on the face of it, who's going to defend Khabbab? He's the, he's the aristocrat, he's a slave. But Allah Ta'ala is with the believers. And Allah Ta'ala is saying he's digging his own grave. This man digging his grave. So Allah Ta'ala is highlighting the shaitan to his various places in the Quran. Just to add something about Khabab radiallahu Khabab radiallahu he was tortured severely in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He had a mistress that was in charge and she found out that he'd embraced Islam. And she tortured him. So what she would do was she'd put a, high, a red hot iron in the furnace he was working and took it out and she would brand it on him, asking him to leave Islam. And he refused. Right? So he was being like, you know, he brand animals. Astaghfirullah. Another report mentions that she set the people on him. And they in the furnace there were live coals and they dragged him over the live coals right so he burned his whatever he was wearing and his bike was also burnt and then the posts from the bike put out the fire mm -hmm. so how do we know all this because it's a report the hadith is in tabarani authentic and umar is the khalif amir al-mu'mineen radiyallahu and he sees khabab he goes, Khabab, please come and sit next to me, Radiallah. So Khabab comes. And when he sits next to Amir al-Mu'mini, Sayyidina Umar Radiallah said, If Bilal was here, I would have let him sit here rather than you. So Khabab goes, Why is that Amir al-Mu'mini? So Sayyidina Umar Radiallah said, Because of all the tortures he went through. He goes, he went through a lot for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Khabab, and this shows that they didn't blow their own trumpet. Then he said to Hazrat Umar, what about me, Amir al-Mu'mini? So Umar goes, like we'd say, what about you? Then he mentioned this incident. He goes, the post from my bike put out the fire. So Umar couldn't believe it. He found it hard to believe. So he goes, show me your bike. So when he list, lifted his his shirt, his bike was white, completely white. And then Amir al-Mu'mini started weeping. He goes, forgive me, Khabab, because I didn't know. So Khabab, this was the Sahab. And also what happened was, you can go on and on. 
but the woman who would torture him with the red hot iron khabab radiyallahu he did a dua against her and then she got an illness and she had severe you know migraines and you know she was like it took it into panic mode the physicians goes we don't know what to give you one of them says what will give you temporary relief is to put a red hot iron on your head that's how much pain so she was in because that will you know take away the pain so she would then ask people to put red hot iron on her head and then she died a miserable death so that was because of khabab radiyallahu and then in the battle of uhud hamza radiyallahu this is in sahih bukhari he was wiping out the kuffar and he targeted one of the torturers of khabab because come to me or the one the son of the one who circumcises women and he was that man and hamza took him out one shot so hamza wasn't just killing he was targeting people he knew who had you know tortured the muslims in the early days so khabab he lived a venerable life he passed away uh, in the khalifat of ali and when he passed away it was very touching he was very ill because he had all the tortures and the pain was constant in his body and he actually said at the end of his life i would have prayed for death but rasulullah forbade it meaning i'm in such pain it goes you don't realize what pain i'm in and then what happened when he passed away hazrat ali was in the battle of sifin when he came back to kufa he saw a fresh grave and some other graves she goes who's the, who are these so somebody goes oh amir al-mu'minin khabab khabab passed away so amir al-mu'minin walks over to the grave he's lost in thoughts and his eyes filled with tears and then he said after a long pause he goes allah taala will not let the efforts of the believers be forgotten and then he says who are these people buried around him and he goes oh they want to be buried next to him amir al-mu'minin and as ali goes intelligent people and then he went into kufa So what does that tell you? Has Ali also realized his status and he made sure the people knew who Khabab was. But why have I mentioned him here going through Amr ibn al-As's life? Because Amr ibn al-As's father did zulm against him. Imagine, right? And Allah Taala loved him that much. He revealed verses in Surah Maryam. So note again if you look, you realize this man he was truly ill-fated. And the reason I'm going through at length is that this had an impact on Amr. He was his father. So obviously, you can expect some delay in his embrace in Islam. Are there any questions you'd like to ask? Subhanallah bihamdi ismanika Allahumma bihamdika ashtulai lahi illa anta astafurika atubu alayka atubu alayhi min ashtadhan jim. Subhanallah bihamdi ismanika ashtulai lahi illa anta astafurika atubu alayka atubu alayhi min ashtadhan jim. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Wal-Asr. Indisan al-Fi khusr. Ladina amilu wa amilu salihan. Wa asbil haq. Wa asbil sabr. Salatu Allah.